Just a little reminder of my rules uh, about uh, coming and going in the courtroom. Uh, there'll be no coming and going uh, except during our recess, and the court will always remain in order until the jury's excused. So just kind of want to remind everybody of that rule this morning. It's uh, We have a full courtroom, so it's less disruptive if uh, uh, we abide by those rules. I appreciate your cooperation. Anything from the state we need to take up before I bring the jury in? From the defense? All right. You'll bring the jury in, please. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I trust you all had a good good evening and uh, relaxed, slept well in a strange bed again, and uh, ready to go this morning. Is that correct? All right. So I've got to ask you again. I assume that you have not discussed this case among yourselves and that no one's tried to contact you about this case. Is that correct? All right. Thank you. State may call their next witness. What is your name? Seth Cook. And Seth, where are you currently employed? Panola County Sheriff's Office. And how long have you been there? Since August 1st. Back in December of 2014, where were you employed? Uh, I was working for Mill Lake Farms. Okay. And did you also, were you a volunteer firefighter? Yes, sir. Okay. And where did you, or uh, where were you a volunteer firefighter? Cortland Fire Department. Okay. And how long had you been there? Uh, maybe a year. And were you at the Cortland Fire Department uh, around, a little bit after 8 on Saturday night, December the 6th, when a call came out uh, about a fire? Yes, sir. Okay. And, and do you remember what the nature of the call was? Uh, the tone came through on the radio, and dispatch said it was a vehicle on fire in a field near the tree farm in Cortland on Heron Road. Were you familiar with that area? Not at the time. Did, who was at the fire station with you? It was uh, me, Cole Haley, and Jody Morse. Okay. And I know this question hasn't been asked yet, but when you come in off of 51, if you're going southbound on 51, how do you get to the Cortland Fire Department? You hang your right on Main Street in Cortland, and as soon as you cross the tracks, it's right there on the left. Okay. And right before you get to the tracks on the left, what, what's there? Cortland Baptist Church. Okay, and is there a big open field uh, in front of the Cortland First Baptist Church. It's a big parking lot there. Okay, so if if for the jury's sake you come in on 51, right before you get to the railroad tracks is the church in the big parking area, and then right across it on the other side of the tracks is the fire department. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. In which direction would you head, or which direction did y'all head from the fire department to get? to where you were toned out to go? When we left the fire department, we turned west on, I guess it's considered Main Street right there, and then it turns into Heron Road. Okay. And who was at the fire station? I I'm, I'm, should have let you finish a minute ago. Who was at the fire station when the tone came out? Uh, just myself, Cole Haley, and Jody Morris. And which truck did you get in? <clears throat> Our chief told, uh, told me and Jody to respond in our brush truck because they did say the vehicle was on fire in a field. 
and uh, that time of the year it was kind of wet and in order to be able to get to it the truck's four-wheel drive it's lighter than an engine so we took it that way we'd be able to get to the vehicle and i assume the brush truck has got water on it yes sir okay how long did it take you to get from the station to where the car was on fire uh, probably anywhere from two to five minutes is it very far it's not far at all okay and tell the jury what you found upon your arrival at the scene uh as me and jody were pulling up we could uh clearly see the vehicle was on fire on the left side of the road just inside of a private drive as we were pulling up our eyes were on the vehicle assessing what we had at the time and uh, describe for the jury the position of the car and, and what you observed about where the fire was uh, in or outside the car. The vehicle was pulled up in that private drive and it had been turned and parked parallel to a fence right there. When we pulled up, the vehicle, all the fire appeared to be contained inside the vehicle. I, I couldn't remember if there was flames coming out from under the hood or the trunk compartment at the time. One thing I did notice, the driver door was open about halfway. And nothing registered in our minds then about it. We pulled the vehicle up into the private drive close to the car. And uh, my turnout jacket was in the bed of the truck. As soon as I opened the door to get out, that's when I uh, looked back towards the west and you could see a silhouette of someone coming out of the woods. At the time, we were unsure what exactly it was, but it looked like the silhouette of a person. Were you in the driver's side or the passenger side? I was in the passenger seat. Okay. So the, the, the silhouette that you saw would have been on your side of the car, of the truck? Yes, sir. Okay. And just, just tell the jury a little bit about this silhouette. What did it look like? It was uh, probably 30 or 40 feet down the road from us on uh i guess it would be on the north side of that road and we really didn't have that much lighting out there it was dark the only lights you could had were the light bar on top of the vehicle and our headlights were facing south so we really didn't have any kind of lighting on the silhouette of the person we were unsure what was going on at the time so we got back in the brush truck and backed up in the road to try and get some headlights on the silhouette and that's when you could tell it was a person walking towards us what what did you tell jody when you first saw the silhouette i assume jody was with you right yes sir what did you tell jody when you first saw the silhouette i just bumped jody on the the arm and said hey man i was like i don't know what this is you know walking down the road towards us and so that time we were unaware of what was going on for our safety we just wanted to back up and get some lights on that silhouette so we could see what was going on okay. and once you got lights on the silhouette tell the jury please what 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 you saw we could tell it was a uh a female with hair hair seemed to be kind of frayed out like someone had taken their hands and ran through it and you couldn't really tell if she was wearing any clothing at that time until she got closer to us and uh once she got closer to us you could tell she, the only thing she had on were panties 
And what did y'all do at this point? About that time, Cole was pulling up in the engine, and we both approached towards her. And when in, when Cole pulled the engine up, she came around to Cole's side of that engine, and we pulled the brush truck back into where we had originally pulled up at. Okay. What did you notice about her? You, you described her hair, and you described all she was wearing was panties. What was her condition as she got closer to y'all? She was looked like she was very dazed, like in a trance. She was having trouble walking. Did you notice the the burns? Not until she got they got got up close to her. You could tell uh, she had burns on her. Her skin looked. It just looked like some really bad sunburn. Her skin was kind of peeling back in places. Did y'all immediately at this time begin to try to help her? Yes, sir. They got a blanket out of the Engine 81, and I stood right there while they got her laid down on the blanket behind the engine. And then at that time, I think I was still a rookie on the fire department, and we didn't have enough people there to, to fight that vehicle fire. So I was told to grab a hose line and just contain the fire to keep it from spreading into the tree farm. Is that what you did? Yes, sir. Did you have any verbal contact with th this girl? I did not. Did you know who it was? L later that night, I did. Okay. And but at the time, I did not know that's who it was. Did you know Jessica? I went to school with Jessica. Okay. And did you, were you able to recognize her? No, sir. Okay. Was her condition that bad? I would say so. Did you, did anybody else come up and help you fight the fire? Later, it was several minutes after uh, Will Turner showed up and he helped me and we worked on putting that vehicle fire out. And, and did you at any point in time go back and speak with Jessica or have any conversation with her? No, sir. Okay. Tender the witness, Sean. Cross. Good morning, Mr. Cook. Good morning. Um, just a few questions for you, not too many. Um, you uh, indicated that you were a rookie back at that date, yes, back in December of 2014. Um, you didn't have an opportunity to fill out a separate report or anything like that? No, ma'am. Okay. And basically your duties were to just uh, contain the fire for the most part? Yes, ma'am. And it appeared to you that it was mainly on the, just on the inside of the vehicle? At that time, when we first arrived. Okay. Said that the lighting um, was pretty, pretty low, pretty bad at that time. You agree with that? Yes, ma'am, it was dark. And at the point that um, you saw Miss Jessica walking out of the street. You said it was 30 to 40 feet coming out of the woods area? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So first you saw her, the woods and then on the street after that? Yes, ma'am. She was on the north side of that road, kind of coming out of the woods to the road. Thank you. I tend to witness, Sean. Redirect. No what instructions would you give Mr. Cook? He may be fine to wait. 
Sir, you uh, find excused. You can return to the courtroom, return to duty, or your choice, sir. May I call your next witness. Next call. State your name for the record. Daniel Cole. And Daniel, where are you currently employed? Panola County. In what capacity are you employed with Panola County? I'm the Director of Emergency Operations for Panola County. And are you also a longtime firefighter? Since 1991. I believe you got out of the fire department when you took your current position, is that correct? It is correct. Now, as Director of Emergency Operations, what is your role in Panola County? I wear multiple hats. Emergency management, online security, search and rescue, fire coordinator, E911, and every 10 years, the census. And were you in this capacity on December the 6th of 2014? I was. And do you live near the Cortland community? I live in the town of Cortland. And you're aware of why you're here today. Did yes. you respond to the scene on Heron Road on December the 6th of 2014? I did. And where were you located when the call first went out? I was at my in-laws on Main Street in Cortland. And approximately how far is Main Street, Cortland, from your in-laws' house where you were that night? Approximately how far is that from the scene? From the scene, I would say three-quarters of a mile, maybe a mile at the most. And did you hear Cortland get toned out to the car fire? I did not. How did you first find out that you had been, excuse me, when were you first requested to the scene? Uh, I received a phone call from dispatch stating that I had been requested to come out to a scene. They described it as the tree farm on Main Street, uh, but it was actually the tree farm on Herring Road. And did you know where that tree farm was located? I did. And why did they ask you to come out? Uh, anytime there's a injury a fire injury or death our, our office responds uh, completes paperwork and uh, assist with the fire investigation if needed and when you found out that an individual was involved did you also speak to anybody with the sheriff department uh, once we got there yes so well, i requested to make sure that panola one panola two panola three had been notified i received a phone call or either i called panola three at some point Okay, when you say Panola 1, Panola 2, and Panola 3, give me the names. Who are you talking um, about? Sheriff Dennis Darby, Chief Deputy Chris Franklin, and Major Barry Thompson. And is Major Barry Thompson a detective? Yes. So did you have a conversation with Investigator Thompson that night? I did. And he was actually out of town, am I correct? He wasn't on scene. I, don't, I can't speak to his whereabouts. When you arrived on the scene, tell me what you saw. I pulled up on scene uh, because of where I was. I went in my personal vehicle. I pulled up on scene. To see a female laying at the back of Cortland's fire truck that was heavily burned. 
Do you know Jessica Chambers? I do not. Who was there on scene with her at the time? There were two Cortland firemen, and I think they were uh, Cole Haley and maybe Jody Marsh were there when I got there. There was another fireman there, but he wasn't with her. I remember two people being there with her. You mentioned a girl being on fire. Would you describe exactly what she looked like to this jury? Well, she wasn't on fire, on fire, but she had been burned when I got there. She was sitting on a blanket, maybe a fireman's coat or vice versa. Uh, she was, uh, hair was singed. It was soot all around her nose and her mouth. Uh, when I tried to speak to her, it was difficult. It appeared as though maybe her tongue was real thick. Her lips were constricted. There was red, splotchy places from where the blistering had occurred all over her body. Did you attempt to speak to her? I did. What, what type of information did you attempt to obtain? Tried to obtain who she was. And, and how did she respond when you asked who she was? It took multiple attempts, but we got Jessica. We didn't start with Jessica. Uh, at one time, to me, it sounded like a Katina, a Katrina, a Courtney. Uh, it was a, a very chaotic scene. Uh, there was a lot of noise. Uh, she wasn't speaking very loudly. Uh, you know, at one point, even laid down beside her just to get close enough to her to try to hear some of the things, you, you know, the questions. And, you know, everything, some things she said was clearer than others. I'm going to ask you about the noise. What type of noise was it? Well, you had the fire truck, two fire trucks, the diesel engines off two fire trucks, the firemen running around, uh, talking to each other, uh, people, additional responders coming in. It was just a madhouse there for some time. I, I, I've, I've never actually made a fire scene, I'll tell you. Uh, what, what type of noise are we talking about with these fire engines? I mean, they're diesel engines. I mean, one's a one-ton diesel pickup, and the other's a, you know, a, a fire truck with a big diesel engine in it. And how close were they parked to Jessica Chambers? Within feet. I mean, we were right at the back of the Cortland's pumper. <clears throat> As you talked to Jessica, did you know that something was wrong on that scene? To be honest with you, when I got there and saw her, once we established who she was, um, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, I don't even know if I asked her what happened. I think I just asked her who did this. And? Or what happened, maybe that's what I asked. Was she still speaking in the same manner you described before? Yes, yeah, so she had to, the more questions we asked, she would start out strong and then it would get extremely breathy, very difficult to understand. Now you did write a statement and in your statement you you were able to obtain some information from her, is that correct? Yes. Tell me what you heard and how you heard it. Um, well, we got her name finally and we uh, then, when we asked, you know, who did this? Uh, it took multiple attempts, but I did hear Eric did this to me. 
Eric set me on fire. That's what I heard. And was Medstat called, obviously? Yes. Ultimately, was she flown out to the regional medical center? She was. Now, after your conversation with the sheriff's department and based on your training, did you take any photographs on the scene? I took one photograph. It was kind of a bus-style picture, and uh, I didn't know how far out the law enforcement response was, and wanting to obtain as much information as we could before she left the scene, uh, I did take a single picture basically from her shoulders up. And you've seen some other pictures the sheriff's department took, correct? I have. And were you able to identify those pictures as what you saw that night of Jessica Chambers? I sure can. Is this photograph you mentioned to me in Chambers? Yes, sir. Or in defense has seen this photograph? Yes, sir, Your Honor. Are any objections to it, its admission? None, Your Honor. All right, you may display the photograph. Sir, you may have it marked, yes, sir. Daniel, I'm going to show you two photographs. Can you describe and identify these photographs for me? Yes, sir. There's the picture on the right. It's the one I took of Jessica Chambers on the scene. And the picture on the left? It's a picture that uh, I think one of the all deputies may have taken, but I recognize it. And is this the condition that Jessica Chambers in, was in on December 6, 2014 when you were attempting to speak to her? That is correct. That's Exhibit 5. Yes. Daniel, in the condition Jessica was in, how difficult was it to get her to speak? It was a struggle. At one point, I personally got frustrated because it was hard to hear, uh, hard to hear her. Uh, and at the same time, I think she was equally as frustrated because we was asking the same questions over and over again. You've been around a long time. I have. Have you ever seen anything like this in your years? Never. Describe the scene and the attitude of the other firefighters on scene. I mean, like I said, it was chaotic. Everybody's wanting to do something to help. I mean, there was people stepping over one another. Um, you know, it just was people everywhere. There was people nervous, not knowing how, who, what, where, when. They were worried about people, you know, being close by, looking, seeing, you know, worried about their own safety. Uh, it was chaotic. I don't know how, I mean, this was the first time any of us had been involved in something like this. And did you stay there on scene until help arrived with Medstat? Medstat had arrived and I left the scene uh, to meet 
um, Panola One, Sheriff Darby to go make notification to the family, and we followed the ambulance down to the landing zone. And did you, in fact, go with Sheriff Darby to notify Jessica's parents of what had happened? We did. I did. Now, Daniel, switching gears, you actually live in Cortland, we talked about. Yes. And during this trial, we're going to discuss the area of your home. Okay? All right. Now, are you aware of where Otto Sanford subdivision is? I am. And... Where you live, which the jury will go to your home at one point during this trial, is there a road, is there a private drive on your property? There's an access road that uh, connects my property, the property around me, that goes up through Otto Sanford subdivision. And it come, that access road comes out where? Otto Sanford subdivision, 51 highway. Is it in fact a private drive? At a portion of it? Yes, sir. And have you ever known any individuals from Otto Sanford Subdivision to use that path? I've never seen anyone drive it. I have seen people walking through there and cutting across. Um, recently, there's been three-wheeler that comes through there some. And when people from Otto Sanford walk down through there and cut across, what direction would they be headed? They would head west, and then once they got into the opening, they would turn and go south. And does that go right into downtown Cortland? It, it, yes, that's where they go to Railroad Avenue and then to Main Street. Your Honor, I tend to the witness. All right. Cross. Y'all will go trip over that cord. You keep pulling on it. No, maybe if I could get a little assistance to. You want to scoot it up? Yes, just a little bit. Thank you. Thank you, Good morning, Mr. Cole. Good morning. I believe you testified that um, you got a call, that call from uh, Panola County 911. It was about 820 or so? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And the fact that you were at your in-laws, what, what time do you think that put you there? 825, something like that on the scene? I would say from the time I received the call to the time I made scene, uh, strictly guesstimation because I don't have the times in front of me. I would say probably two to two and a half minutes. Okay. So, 823? Yes, ma'am. When you got there, you saw who you thought to be uh, Cole Haley and Jody Morris. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, um, just one other fire person that would have just been Seth. Do you know him? Well, I, I know who he is. Okay. So at that point, there was no other individuals there. 
you know, I can't tell you that 100%. Like I said, when I pulled up, I'm not going to say that there wasn't another fireman. I don't, I don't recall okay. from memory. Okay. They were re rendering aid, though. Jody yes, Morris and, and Cole Haley were rendering aid to Miss Jessica, correct? Yes, ma'am. Now, I know uh, Jay um, asked you about the fact that you did do a report back then. You yes. agree with that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. May I approach the witness, Your Honor? You may. Do you recognize that? I do. Is that your report? Yes, ma'am. Signature at the bottom, correct? Correct. Your Honor, at this time, I would like to have uh, this report admitted into evidence and marked as an exhibit. No objection, Your Honor. All right, being no objection, be marked and admitted. All right, Ms. Palmer. Thank you, Your Honor. You talked a little bit about talking to Jessica. Yes, ma'am. Correct? And uh, would you agree with me, your, your report is pretty detailed. You agree with that? Well, I mean, yes, ma'am. It states the basics of what happened. Yes. And uh, if you look through it, it also indicates where things that uh, Ms. Jessica stated to you, you put that in quotes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, if you will go to the second paragraph of that statement. Mm-hmm. You see where it says, I responded to the scene. Yes, ma'am. Start reading there for me. And found Cortland and Station 14 Fire Department's on scene extinguishing the car and a couple of firefighter EMRs rendering aid to a female patient. I approached the patient and started asking who she was. She stated Jessica. I asked Jessica who. And after a couple of times of not hearing her, she said Chambers. Okay. And if you would please go to the next paragraph, read that for me. I then asked what happened, and Jessica responded saying, Eric set me on fire. Is that in quotes? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So back then, you did this report about 12 hours, I think you said, after everything happened. Is yes, that correct? That is okay. correct. And is the Eric set me on fire in quotes? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Continue reading for me. I asked Jessica, Jessica again what happened, and she stated multiple times, Eric set me on fire. I then asked, what was Eric's last name? And Jessica responded, I don't know. Okay. It's not in quotes, because, I mean, that's what I got out of what she was saying, and she was kind of shrugging her shoulders. Okay. Now, in those two paragraphs, did you indicate anything about her telling you that her name was Katrina or Courtney or anything like that? No, ma'am. I didn't put it in my report. Okay. The report was written within 12 hours of a very traumatic, chaotic scene, and it was omitted in my report. And the purpose for writing a report right after something happens is so that you can record it when it's fresh on your memory, correct? Well, typically, we, I would wait a little longer to process everything that went on. Uh, I was asked to get the reports, get this report turned in ASAP, so I did. And at the point that you did it, you put details as specific in quotes about 
Eric set me on fire. Yes, ma'am. I heard that. So your first opportunity to talk to uh, Ms. Jessica was uh, when she was on the ground behind the, the fire truck, correct? That's correct. And actually you had another opportunity to speak to her. You agree with that? Yes, ma'am. I approached her again in the ambulance where yes. it was not as noisy. Okay. If you would go one, two, three, four, the fifth paragraph down there. I then went to the ambulance to where two, the two ambulance personnel and firefighter paramedic Casey Austin was prepping Jessica for transport to the landing zone. I asked her again, excuse me, asked her again, who did this? And she said, Eric did. He set me on fire. And I asked Eric who? And again, he got the same response, like she didn't know. The three medical personnel acknowledged that they had heard what she'd said, and I exited the ambulance. Yes. Thank you. And I believe that you indicated um, her breathing was somewhat labored. Her breathing was labored. Her speech, she struggled to get out everything she got. Okay. Now, to tell but you that some of it wasn't clear, I'm not going to say that. I mean, you could understand some things she said, but not everything. Yes, sir. And, uh, but certainly the things you did understand her to say, you I, put that in the report. I did. Okay. Quotes. And quotes, you said? Yes. Now your report indicates that you also gave this same information that's in your report, Eric set me on fire. Eric, I don't know his last name, what's in here? You stated that to law, law enforcement, I think Edward yes. Dixon, I believe? It was Edward Dixon or Panola 10 or Panola 22, which would be, uh, Panola 10 would be Daryl House. Panola 22, I think, is Maurice Market. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who. I know I gave it, I'm more than positive I gave it to Edward Dixon, but I also verbally relate it to the other two. Yes, sir. And um, Barry Thompson as well by phone. Yes, ma'am. Now, Mr. Cole, you were also given some information that um, from uh, two of the, or at least one of the other firefighters, uh, Cortland Fire, that there was a suspicious person on the scene. You recall getting that information? Yes, ma'am. And let me make sure I had the name. It would have either been, you know, Will Turner? I know Will Turner, yes, ma'am. You do. And he's with Cortland Fire Department, yes, correct? Yes, ma'am. And I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Yes, yes ma'am. Okay. I do. And then um, Brandy Davis, I believe. You know him as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And they gave you some information that uh, they thought they had seen a suspicious uh, older black male on the scene of the fire. You agree with that? Yes, ma'am. It seems like I do recall he, them telling me that. Yes. And they went as far as to give you a tag number of this yes, person that they thought was out there. You That's receive correct. that? I do. I do remember receiving the tag number. Gave that information to Edward Dixon? They gave it to the law enforcement. Yes, ma'am. Now, my last questions have to do with, um, I believe that, uh, I'm not sure if you're in the same capacity now, but 
Uh, you're a co-coordinator of search and rescue team. Yes, ma'am. Did I get that correct? You're correct. Okay. And it's your understanding that back then, uh, this was December 6th, maybe a couple of days after that, that there was a um, search and rescue team sent out. We were requested to come out and walk the side of the road and see if we discovered anything that could be considered evidence. And you thought that keys were found. At some point in time, the discussion of keys came up. I don't know that anybody on our search and rescue team found them, but I, and it may have been the keys is what prompted us to go out. I don't know. You would have to re refer that question to someone else. I just, we were requested and we came out. And at that point, basically what you're saying is you don't know the results of that. No, ma'am. Never laid eyes on. Okay. And after you gave um, your statement or your report back then, basically there were no additional encounters with law enforcement from you? No, ma'am. Of course, in judges, just a moment. Yes, ma'am. I would send it to all right, redirect. Daniel, she asked, Ms. Palmer asked you about this being fresh on your mind. Do you recall that? Yes. Is this something that will ever not be fresh on your mind? I see that picture I took every morning and every night. She asked you about the search and rescue. When would the search and rescue team, I mean, this happened on a Saturday night, correct? Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's correct. And when would the search and rescue team have been called out? Again, I don't have anything in front of me. I would guess it would have been Monday afternoon or Tuesday. I, I, I can't speak to the exact date and time. Ms. Palmer also asked you about a suspicious black male being on scene. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. A suspicious male. Yes. I'm not sure how she referred it. Um, how large is Corbin? One square mile. Something like this happens, you got a lot of nosy people around? Yes, sir, on anything. Were there a lot of people out that night? There was. And did you, along with other firemen, attempt to secure the area of the scene? As best we could. I mean, I, I didn't. I was tending to getting, tending to Jessica and getting, trying to get, figure out who she was and who might have done it. And let me ask you a question based on your experience in securing crime scenes, does that sometimes include running people off? It does. Finally, you stated in your report what you said you heard. Mm -hmm. You've already testified, is that correct? Is that correct? Yes, correct. You've already testified as to the condition that Jessica was in in her speaking? Yes. Is this what Jessica Chambers looked like on December 16, 2014? While you were talking to her? Yes. That's all I have, Your Honor. What instructions would you give the witness? I would ask Mr. Cole to be finally excused. Mr. Cole, you are finally excused. You can uh, leave or you may remain in the courtroom. Your choice, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. You may uh, take your, you may take your exhibit down, Mr. Hale. Yes, all right, you may call your next witness.
your name? Brandy Davis. And Brandy, are you a volunteer firefighter with the Cortland Fire Department? Yes, sir. And how long have you done that? Uh, certified in 94, state certified. Okay, can you speak up just uh, pull that mic, other one, other one. Yeah. I've been a state certified fireman in Mississippi since 1994. Okay. And how long have you been with Cortland? Uh, approximately a month before this incident. And where were you a volunteer firefighter before Cortland? Bynum. Bynum? Bynum Volunteer Fire Department. Okay, also these folks are County. Pike County. Uh, so wh where is Bynum in relation to Cortland? It would be the southeast part of Panola County District. Okay, so it's not real far from Cortland? No, sir. Okay. Where were you or did you receive a call out or tone out on the evening of December the 6th of 2014. I was in baseball at El a Mexican restaurant. All right, you speak up, you want to, they want to hear you. I was in the town of baseball at El Mariaca's Mexican restaurant. Okay, and what was the nature of the call out that you received? The initial tone was a car fire at the tree farm. And did you, in fact, respond? I did. Okay. And which route did you take from the restaurant here in town to get to Cortland? Uh -oh. Highway 6 to 51, and then straight down the main street of Cortland. Approximately how long did it take you to get there? Do you remember? I really don't. Uh, and then were you familiar with the area that you were being sent to? Somewhat. Okay. Did you have any trouble finding it? No, sir. All right, tell the jury, how did you get there? Were you in your personal vehicle? Yes, sir. Okay. And tell the jury what you heard on the radio uh, while you were responding to the scene. I heard Jody Mars come over and what went from a car fire and a tree farm to a vehicle on fire with a female severely burned and in the, in the road as well. In, in, how was Jody, or how were you perceiving what Jody was saying on the radio? You, could you hear the tone of his voice? Yes, sir, very well. And, and, and what was going through your mind as you were hearing the tone of his voice? I knew something he, he he was in some kind of trouble. Or, well, you know, it wasn't just an ordinary, <coughs> ordinary call. And what did you find upon your arrival at the scene? No. I found Jessica standing initially. And they, you know, I told him as the EMR, you know, we needed to get a blanket around her. Somebody, they told me somebody's going for a blanket. I went for my turnout jacket. We put the blanket around there, and I put my turnout jacket over. Uh, as we laid her down near the near the fire truck. Okay. Did you? What you're an EMR? Is that correct? Yes, sir. And, and tell the jury what an EMR is. It's basically a first responder. We're the first that in this case we're the first aid in the chain of uh 
EMS to give the life support to a victim. Describe for the jury the assessment that you were making of Jessica and what you observed about her, about her when you first began to look at her. Walking on the scene, uh, she was standing, I could see in the back, her back, high first degree burn some second. Uh, laying her down whenever I started to talk to her. I mean, because EMR, there's not a whole lot that could have been done from my standpoint until further EMS got there. Uh, talking was the best way to judge airways, breathing, and things like that, as well as comforter. And did you begin to talk to her? Yes, sir, I did. Okay, and what did you say to her? I asked her her name, and she replied, Jessica. I said, you know, Jessica who? And she said, Chambers. And just, you know, basically in conversation, uh, I asked her, I said, I'd already been advised that this was pretty much a crime scene from Jody Moss. And I asked her, I said, baby girl, you know, who done this to you? Did she respond? Yes, sir. And what did she say? She said, Eric. And did you do, or did you continue to talk to her? Sir? Did you, were you able to keep her talking? Yes, sir. Okay. And what was her, I guess for lack of a better word, what was her health status as you were sitting there with her? Yeah, I believe you testified a moment ago there wasn't much you could do for her. Right. Is that right? Why is that? I mean, it's, it's just burns of that nature in the field. It's, just, it's beyond my capabilities to do anything other than package the patient. I'm going to show you what's been previously marked as Exhibit 5. Is this the way Jessica looked? Bottom photo here. Yes, sir. As you were talking to her. Yes, sir. Okay. Did she have black soot around her nose? Yes, I mean, just like in that picture. She had black soot around her mouth. Mouth. Was she in distress? Yes, sir. And how? Would you describe the distress that she was in? She was a fighter. I mean, she she was trying to answer questions. I mean, she was trying to tell us, you know, who she was. I mean, pretty outstanding if you ask me. What about the vehicle itself? Did you observe the vehicle? After the fact, okay. I went up there to make sure it wasn't, you know, that it was only her in there. All right, you got to speak up now. <clears throat> after the, after we had packaged her and got her to the 
landing zone. Okay. You know, I briefly looked, you know, to make sure it was no, you know, no other patients in the vehicle, or, you know, if we was changing over to recovery. Sir, your voice is trailing off real badly, yes. and the uh, jury can't hear you. Okay. So, so speak, speak, speak. Just speak up. I think the microphone's picking you up, but you, you need to speak a little louder. Okay. All right. Thank you. Let me know if you can't hear. All right. Again, thank you. Did, Ask your last question again, please. Yeah, yes. Uh, when when you arrived at the scene, was the fire still going? To the best of my knowledge. Do what now? To the best of my knowledge. Okay. And when you went back up there, was the fire out? after Jessica had been packaged and taken to the landing zone? Yes, sir. Okay. You also, I believe, mentioned that you observed somebody there at the scene uh, at some point in time when you were there. Is that correct? It was brought to my attention, yes, sir. Okay. And also, I believe you went down and confronted this person. Is that correct? No, sir. We did not confront the person. Okay. Uh, did anybody in your presence tell this person to move on out of there? I, not that I'm aware of. Okay. I mean, not in my physical sight, no, sir. Okay. Did you obtain a tag number? Yes, sir. Okay, and did you turn that over to Dan Daniel Cole? Cole? Yes, sir. Okay. When the tone out came, it would have been probably around 806, 807. I, I apologize. I was just going to object to leading the witness as the time. All right. Your objection is noted. I'll rule the objection. You may continue. Where exactly were you when the call came out? At El Mariachi's Mexican restaurant. And where is that? In town of Batesville. Okay. All right. You're, you're familiar with the Cracker Barrel area, is that correct? Yes, Yes, is that in the area in the strip mall a little bit past Cracker Barrel? Yes, sir. Okay. So there is a retail outlet mall. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, sir. Okay. And that restaurant is in there. So you had to respond from there to Cortland. Yes, sir. Okay. Tend to the witness, Your Honor. Cross. Davis. Morning. Um, if you could, I was sitting on the other side of the room. Could you speak up just a little bit more? Yes, ma'am. For my sake, for sure. Yes, and Sorry then everyone that. I know can hear you. Thank you for that. I have a few questions for you this morning. Um, you were, uh, you agreed that basically you were the first EMR uh, firefighter on scene. Yes, to the best of my knowledge, yes. Yes. And um, when you got there, first person you spoke with would have been Jody Mars. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And he was there, and he advised you of what the scene situation was. Right. Okay. And there was um, also, I believe you testified, that it seemed like it was a crime scene at that point. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You approached uh, Miss Jessica and started talking to her shortly after that. Yes, ma'am. 
And uh, I know you mentioned about a turnout code. Is that a pretty big firefighter code? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You took that code and uh, placed that to give additional warmth, warmth to, to Jessica. Right. Um, as well as I believe there were blankets there also. Yes, ma'am. The blanket was around the first, and my turnout jacket was laid over it. Yes. And that was to provide her with additional body heat? Yes, ma'am. Comfort, that type thing? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I believe from there you did what would be considered, um, is this uh, EMR terminology, patient assessment? Yes, ma'am. Now, if you will, you indeed wrote out a report. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And uh, may I approach? May you I may. approach the witness, Your Honor? Is that it? Is that what you wrote out? Yes, ma'am. It is, okay. And it would have been written just a little bit after that date, December 8th. December 8th, that's correct. Yes. Your Honor, at this time, I would like to have his uh, statement marked as an exhibit and entered into evidence at this time. Any objection? No. There being no objection, it'll be marked and admitted. Your testimony earlier is that Jessica appeared to be a fighter. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes. And I uh, believe you said she was also trying to uh, tell you who she was. You agree yes, with that? Okay. And would you also agree that she was trying to tell you who did this? Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you will, what? go about seven lines down. Let's start at, at this time. If you could read, start reading there for me. At this time, I've, as my patient assessment, I asked, baby girl, can you tell me your name? Okay, do this for me. Read a little bit slower, a little bit louder. <laughs> I, at the time, hold on just a second. At this time, as my patient assessment, I asked, baby girl, can you tell me your name? She replied, Jessica. Chambers. Okay, and I'm going to stop you there. Did you put that language, baby girl, can you tell me your name? She replied, Jessica Chambers. That's all in quotes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And that means to you that that's what she said to you. Correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Keep reading for me. At this time, I knew her airway was stable and her level of consciousness. Okay. And so basically, you were saying that. She could talk, you understood her, airway stable, level of consciousness, clear. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Keep reading for me. Heard radio traffic at the time, MedStat was on scene. Okay. And so you're saying heard radio traffic at that time. Yes, ma'am. Read that next part again. MedStat on scene. Yes. Keep going. At that time, uh, comforting her and maintain her conscious and as well as ask who did this to you. Okay. So this would have been, I'm sorry, keep reading. I apologize. 
I asked, who did this to you? She replied, Eric. Keep going. I then said, baby girl, what's Eric's last name? She replied, Eric. My thoughts, it was like she thought I knew him or knew who Eric was. Now, thus far in what you're reading and what you prepared in your report back then, you actually spelled out the name Eric, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And is Eric also in quotes in what you just read? Yes, ma'am. Okay. How was how Eric spelled? Uh, as far as I know, E-R-I-C. Yes, that's what you have in your report, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Continue reading for me. I asked again, baby girl, who did this? She replied, Eric, again. So that's what you meant by the fighter part. She was continually trying to talk to you, correct? She, I mean, she was doing her best. Yes. Okay. And what she did was to tell you the name one more time, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let me move you away from your report for just a little bit. At some point after Jessica had been placed into the ambulance, you recall actually going over to the vehicle? Yes, ma'am. You do? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And what happened is that you went over there to determine if there was anybody else in the car. That's correct. You noticed that there was something else in the car that caught your attention. Yes, ma'am. Looked to be a can of Freon or something of that nature. A can of Freon? <laughs> Looked to be. Okay. Okay. If you will, let me point you back to your report just for a moment. Okay. Let's go to the second page of it. See where it says, at that time? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Start reading there for me. At that time, Panola County Sheriff's Office investigator made scene. I reported no one else in the vehicle and nothing like a purse or anything visible. And the only thing odd was a can of Freon in the passenger side rear floorboard. One more sentence. I told him everything that's stated above on what she personally told me as a patient. Okay. Thank you for that, Mr. Davis. Now, at some point, there was uh, some additional information that you had gotten about a tag number. Yes, ma'am. And that would have been from a person that both yourself and you communicated quite a bit with, uh, I believe it was Will Turner? Yes, ma'am. Both of you are from Cortland Fire, Fire Department. Yes, ma'am. And this particular tag number or the person that was out there was suspicious enough for you to make note of that. That's correct. And so what happened was that a tag was gotten. You agree with that? Yes, ma'am. And then that tag information, I believe, was conveyed to Daniel Cole. That's correct.
just some onlooker. The person was legitimately suspicious to you, to the two of you. She wasn't part of fire EMS that we knew of. Yes, sir. Of course, indulgence. Indulgence. I tend to witness, Sean. All right. Redirect. Brandy, who was on the scene with you as another EMR? I'm taking to the bottom of your report. Sandra Haley. Stage 14. And was, she's from Pope, is that correct? That's correct. And she was standing there with you as you were talking to Jesse? Yes, sir. <clears throat> who, was in, who was leaning over Jessica? You, if you want to refer to your report, you can. Who was closer to Jessica, you or Sandra? I mean, I guess it would, it would be both of us because, I mean, we was... Go, go to the first page of your report and go to the very bottom. I mean, I was, I was leaned down and then Miss Andrew come in to my immediate... I was leaned down at Jessica's head, and Miss Sandra was to my immediate right. Nothing further, Your Honor. You may be found excused. All right, sir. Sir, you may be found excused. You may remain in the courtroom with your choice. All right? Let me call your next witness. Shane Mills. Raise your right hand. Raise your right hand. Mills, we are having a little trouble with the mic, so I need you to speak up so everybody can hear, okay? Yes, sir. All right, state your name for me. Shane Mills. And Mr. Mills, are you a member of the Cortland Fire Department? Yes, sir. And were you a member of the Cortland Fire Department on December the 6th of 2014? Yes, sir. Now, did you in fact respond to a call of a car fire on Heron Road? Yes, sir. And tell us how that call came out. Um, I just got through eating dinner. Um, I, I believe I was right there at 6 and 51, approaching six and Highway 6 and 51 right here. I'm going to stop you. Uh, this jury is actually not from here. Highway 6 and 51, where is that located? That's here in the center of Batesville, right, okay. right up here. And approximately how far is that from Cortland? Maybe five miles. Now, Cortland directly down Highway 51? Yes, sir. Now, when you responded out, did you go directly to the scene? Yes, sir. And tell us what you observed. Tell the jury what you observed when you arrived on the scene. Um, when I arrived, I, I kind of, the, the, the road's real narrow. So I parked kind of down the hill. And that way, if oncoming traffic or something come, they could see, you know, something's going on. And I, I have my turnout gear in my vehicle, so I took my turnout gear out and I walked up the hill there to the back of the engine, which the engine, the pumper, the tanker, fire truck. Um, and I 
went put my gear on, I put my pants on, and I noticed Cole there to the left of me. And he was kneeled down in a kneeling position beside who at the time I didn't know was Jessica. Let, let me back you up. When you received the, the call out, who, who did you hear on the radio? The, when, when we got the tone, it was through dispatch. Okay. You never heard one of your guys on the radio? I did, but I can't, you know, it, I, I can't pinpoint exactly which one it was. Who was on the scene when you arrived? Um, it was Cole and Seth and Jody, and I believe that was it at the time. Okay. So you saw the young woman? Yes, sir. Did, do you know Jessica Chambers, or did you know Jessica Chambers? Yes, sir. Did you recognize this woman as Jessica Chambers? At the time, I did not. Describe for the jury what you saw when you first got there. One of the worst things you, you could imagine. I mean, you, you, you can't, I can't picture it for y'all. She, she was burning her hair was, you know, beautiful blonde and uh, you know you you look at it at the time and you know her hair's just it's it's fried who was stand, who was kneeling with her cole was and i'm assuming she was on the ground yes sir what was cole saying he was holding her hand he was standing just hang on just please we have it they're coming i promise you did you ever hear anyone ask her who did this to you? Not, not, not that I can recall. Did you ever speak directly to Jessica? No, sir. Did firefighters begin to respond in droves? Oh, it was, yes. I mean, it was just one after another, you know. And, I mean, it was people running over people. It was, I mean, it was... People everywhere, you know. What about and, nine firefighters? Yeah. I mean, they see fire trucks. You know, we call them rubberneckers up here. People want to look <laughs> and see what's going on. You know, um, but. We got plenty of them, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Did you have plenty of them out there that night? Yes, sir. Did you, excuse me, was the sheriff's department on scene when you got there? No, sir. Did y'all try to secure the area as best as possible? Yeah, to an extent, not really. Um, because when, when everything's going so fast, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, you're kind of in a tunnel vision, you know. Um, but once we kind of realized what was going on, then yes, because then everybody was scared, you know. Why were you scared? Well, I mean, you're sitting here looking at a lady that's burned. You know, there's a car. You don't know, if, you know, somebody did it, what happened, you know, what, what the case is, you know, and then. Would I be accurate in saying everybody was on high alert? Very. Y'all looking around? Very. Watching everything? Yes, sir. Your Honor, I'll move on. I'm over the objection. I think that's harmless leading. You may continue. 
At one point, did you leave Cole and Jessica? What did you say now? At one point, did you get away from Cole and Jessica? At what, what point? At one point. Oh, yes, sir. And why did you leave Cole and Jessica? To catch my breath. And, and you know, I, I, I put my turnout jacket on and kind of walked away and, and, and kind of stepped away, looked at the car. You know, I didn't physically go up to the car. You know, I was down the, I was kind of at the roadside. Because um, when you see something like that, it, me personally, I can't, I can't just hover over something like that. Other firemen responded? Yes, sir. Ultimately, did MedStat respond? Yes, sir. What was your role and what assistance did you provide when everybody arrived on the scene? When everybody arrived and we had MedStat, MedStat arrived, <clears throat> I did my best to help MedStat get what they needed um, as far as, you know, like getting stretcher out or, you know, if they needed me to get the body board out or, or whatever the case was, you know. You were there to help? Yes, sir. Now, once MedStat was able to take care of Jessica, what did you do? What did you do after that? We, they, they said that they was going to try to get a, try to fly her to the med. Um, so we had to set up a LZ, and what, uh, what, what that is is a landing coordinate for the helicopter to land. While you were on the scene with Cole and Jessica, describe the noise level for the jury. Well, I mean, you have, like, where she, where she was laying was at the back of the engine which is the pumper, right? And, and, you know, you have engines running, you have the engine run, you have the, the pump on the truck running, you have another brush truck, that pump's running, you have cars coming up, you have sirens, you have, you know, people coming up, what's going on, you know, what we need to do, where do we need to go, you know. It... Was everybody trying to help? Yes, sir. For now, the most part. When you say the diesel engine's running and then you talk about the pump, is the pump noise in excess of the diesel engine or is yes, it all sir. the same? I'm no, not sir. You, you have the engine off of the, the fire truck and then you also have a pump on the brush truck. It, it's, you know, it's got a little tank and you have a manual, you have a pump you have to crank up on it as well. Is that the power generated to spray the water? Yes, sir. Now, when you were there with coal, did you hear Cole talking to Jessica? Yes, sir. And was Jessica attempting to respond? Yes, sir. Could you understand anything of what she was saying? I could not. Were you able to make out any words from Jessica standing where you were? No, sir. <laughs> she was trying to speak. Can you describe the, the tone of her voice? Well, I really couldn't understand what she was saying from from where I was at. You know, like Cole was kneeled down in a kneeling position holding her hand, and he had his head kind of turned, you know, to where he could try to hear. Um, but it was, you know, 
I heard trying to speak, trying to talk. It was very faint because, like I said, where I was at was right beside me. I couldn't understand what she was saying. Your Honor, attend to the witness. Cross. You need some water? You okay? Would you like some water? Yeah. Okay, let's get the witness some water. Just a moment. We're getting the witness some water. Yes, sir, yeah. <coughs> All right, Ms. Palmer. Okay. Thank you, Honor. Good afternoon, Mr. Mills. Good morning. It's morning, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. I'm already in the afternoon. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> How long had you been with uh, the Cortland Fire Department back in uh, December of 2014? Um, I believe I was there three years before. Okay. And um, you said that uh, you were some distance away before you got to the scene? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You recall Basically, when you got there, it was only uh, Cole, Seth, and Jody were there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. To my knowledge. To your knowledge. Okay. And would you say your, your duties were basically confined to putting the fire out? My duties was to, to help anything, anybody or anything that needed help to be done. Okay. Let me rephrase that. Basically, what you ended up doing, though, was, for the most part, extinguishing the fire. No, ma'am. Okay. May I approach the witness, Your Honor? You may. Do you recognize that? Yes, ma'am. What is that? Well, that's a piece of a statement that I wrote. It's not very good, but okay. it's what I wrote. And um, would have been written, you think, next day within 12 hours or so, right after everything happened? Yes, ma'am. Okay. At this time, Your Honor, I would like to have his statement marked as an exhibit and admitted into evidence. Any objection? Oh, sorry, Your Honor. There being no objection, it'll be marked and admitted. That'll be eight, Kathy. I know that I asked that you um, extinguish the fire. You also did some other things with uh, MedStat, um, and also you went to the church as well? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Read your statement for me. I know it's short, but let me see what you wrote out that day. It said, Station 8 was towed to a car fire on Main Street, Cortland. When I arrived, Cohaley was with the patient. I helped extinguish the fire. Once Medstat arrived, I helped Medstat. Ooh, then slow pop. down. Slow, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. That lady's <laughs> got to write down everything you say. <laughs> I apologize. All right, that's that's okay. all right. Start over. <laughs> Station 8 was towed to a car fire on Main Street, Cortland. When I arrived, Cohaley was with the patient. 
I helped extinguish fire. Once Medstadt arrived, I helped Medstadt. Then followed Medstadt to the church where we met Flight 1 that was taking her to the Med. Yes. And when you got there, Cole Haley was there with the patient. That's correct. Okay. And But would you agree that at that point you weren't as close to Miss Jessica where you could understand anything she was saying? That's correct. Okay. It was pretty traumatic for you that, that night? Very. Okay. And so you said that there were several fire trucks there? Um, it was just two, yeah, it was. It was two? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And basically, the people who were out there were responders, first responders. For the most part, yes, ma'am. Yeah, a lot of them. You agree? A lot. <laughs> From Pope, Fire Department. You you agree? Yes, ma'am. And definitely from Cortland Fire Department. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then at some point, law enforcement arrived. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And would have been uh, Daniel Daniel Cole. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we had lots of people out there that were pretty much dealing with the situation. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Course indulgence, please. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I just want to make sure, did you know Ms. Chambers before that day? Yes, ma'am. You did? Okay. No further questions, Your Honor. All right. Redirect. Shane, I believe you testified to this earlier, but Ms. Palmer asked you a question. While you were there with Cole, did you lean down while Cole was chalk talking to Jessica? Yes, sir. As, okay. as far as, you know, he, he was in a kneeling position. Um, and I kind of squatted down. Okay. Cole was closer to her than you were? Yes, sir. Now, just to get your role out in front of this jury, you were there to help everybody, right? Everybody. Anybody that needed help, that's, that was my job. Did you first attempt to help Cole? Yes, sir. And you weren't, were you the primary person handling the fire? No, sir. Did you go to help them? Yes, sir. I believe you, your statement says you helped Medstat? Yes, sir. And you helped the helicopter, is that right? Yes, sir. all I have for this witness, I would ask you to be finally excused. <coughs> all right, so you're finally excused. You remain, may remain in the courtroom if you'd like, sir. You can leave. Thank you. All right, we're going to take our morning recess now. I will uh, put the jury into their jury room. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please remember my cautionary remarks. Please do not discuss the case among yourselves at this point. As I have always instructed you to, to do that. So uh, anyway, I will send for you when we're ready. Courtroom will remain in order till the jury is excused. Bring the jury in, please.
Right, ladies and gentlemen, you've not discussed the case among yourselves, correct? All right, very well. You may call your next witness. Will Turner. What is your name? Will Turner. And Will, where do you live? 946 Beatty Road. At the time of the scene, I lived at 3533 Eureka Road. All right, is that in Cortland? Cortland. Okay. And at the time, where are you employed now? Employed now at Rockco Mining Company. Okay. And where were you employed back in 2014? UPS. And were you also a volunteer firefighter for Cortland Fire Department? Yes. Okay. On December the 6th of 2014, did you or did the fire department get a tone out concerning a car fire? Yes. Where were you when you got the, the tone? At my residence on 3533 Eureka Road. And did you, in fact, respond? I did. And how did you respond? Did you go in one of the fire trucks or did you go in your personal vehicle? I went in my personal vehicle. How long did it take you to get there? Do you remember? It took me roughly six minutes. And describe for the jury, please, what you observed upon your arrival on the scene. As I pulled up on the scene, I didn't know the girl at the time. She was at the corner of the fire truck. They were trying to get her on the ground. I knew she was severely burned. Her hair was froed. I assisted with getting her on the ground. Then I observed the car on fire in the bushes and I went and assisted my other firefighter with that car, getting it extinguished. When you say you knew she was burned, describe what you saw. Did you know, did you know Jessica? I did not know Jessica. Okay. Did Describe for the jury her appearance as you saw it when you got to the scene. She was burnt very, very badly. Her face was burned. The inside of her mouth was burned. Her hair, her arms. She didn't have any clothes. The only clothing she had on was panties. And her body was charred. It was just black skin hanging off of it, burnt skin. You ever seen anything like this before, Will? No, sir. Okay. So you was, if I understood what you said a minute ago, you assisted with, did you assist with her getting on the ground? I helped get her on the ground, get the blanket on her, and then I left Brandy Davis, Jody Mars, and Cole Haley with her, and I went and helped Seth Cook with the car fire. Okay. Did you have any conversations with Jessica or hear any conversations with Jessica? I did not. I did go back and try to talk to her, but it was too many people around. Everybody was asking her questions. I just tried to ask her her name, who did it, and I couldn't make anything out. It was too many people around, and I couldn't hear their conversations. It was too much commotion, so I just backed off. You said too much commotion. What do you mean by that? Just the EMTs and the other firemen that were there trying to talk to her and get her packaged up and keep her conscious it was just too much commotion was there a lot of noise it was a lot of noise and where was the noise coming from around her okay was there noise coming from the trucks the trucks were running there was noise coming off the trucks okay as far as fighting the fire itself what did you do 
um, or how did y'all go about fighting that fire uh, at the vehicle? We pretty much just flooded it because we knew it needed to be as much evidence saved off of the car as could be. So we kind of just drowned it instead of doing a direct attack on it, just floated as much water on it as we could. And, and describe where the car was located when you arrived. It was pulled up on a little hill, a tree right there. Couldn't even walk between the car and the tree and then the fence on the other side. Okay. So cool. the, the, you, you pull, what direction were you headed as you were going to the scene? I'd be headed west. And where was the nose of the car? Which direction would it have It was facing been? back east. Okay, so the trunk of the car would have been facing the west. Facing the west. And you advised it was up a little hill? Up a little knoll there. And do you recall a gate being there by the, the vehicle? The gate was right behind the vehicle. Okay. You also, I believe, indicated or not, you also saw somebody there at the scene that concerned you. Is that correct? I did. Tell the jury about that. This was after the chaoticness had kind of settled down a little bit. I was standing between the Pope's rescue truck and our engine, engine 81, and a middle-aged black male walked up and I told him, I said, hey man, you can't be here, this is a crime scene, you need to leave. He never said a word to me. He gave me a stare that I've never seen before. He stared straight through me. I told him again, I said, hey man, I need you to leave. This is a crime scene. If you don't leave, I'll get a de deputy to escort you out of here. Never said a word, just blank stared through me. He was looking towards where the car was at and in the woods the whole time. He turned around, he began walking off and looking over his shoulder back toward the car was at. He had a blue shirt on, and by the time he got out of my sight, he had a white T-shirt on. And did you notify anybody about I this? I did. I, Brandy Davis was there, and I told Brandy, I said, we need to try to get a tag number or something, and Brandy said, I got that. Brandy told me he got a tag number and handed it over to Daniel Cole, and I had already told Daniel Cole before he gave him the tag number about the suspicious mail. Would you describe for the jury how Jessica, you, you said when you got there she was still upright, is that correct? She was. And how was she walking? She looked more like a zombie. I mean, her arms were out. She was looked like a zombie. Somebody off the walking dead is what I would picture it as. And... Did you notice anything about her mouth or anything coming out of her mouth? It looked like ashes coming out of her mouth when she tried to talk. Nothing further, Your Honor. Cross. Good morning, Mr. Turner. Good morning. I'm trying to get my papers together here. Back on that day when you first got there, it was pretty much first responders. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And um, that chaos that you spoke about pretty much had to do with uh, so many trying to get there and assist her in some way. That's correct. Okay. Would be Cortland Fire Department, which you was you were on that, correct? Yes, ma'am. And then um, also, uh, excuse me, Pope. Pope arrived after I got there. Okay. And. Um, then also Daniel Cole was there as well. Daniel Cole was there as well. Okay. And you indicated that 
after that, that chaos with everyone uh, trying to, to uh, talk to Jessica and, and deal with her and comfort her, um, it was at that point that uh, you noticed that there was someone suspicious. Uh, it was a good while after that, yes, ma'am. It was, I don't remember time frame, but it was, she was already transported by helicopter at this point. And first responders were still there? The first responders were still there. Okay. You completed a statement. You wrote that out back at that time. You yes, recall that? I do. Okay. May I approach the witness, Your Honor? You may. You recognize that? I do. Is that what you wrote out? This is what I wrote out. It is. And also, did you, the date, Looks like it's 12 8 14. Yes, ma'am. Your Honor, at this time, I would like to have this uh, statement marked. No objection. Being no objection, be marked and admitted. Obviously, something bothered you about seeing, um, I believe you indicated it was an older black male. Something about that bothered you that day? I indicated he was a middle-aged black male. Excuse me, middle-aged black male. Yes, ma'am. And just... if you will, please, just go down a little bit in your statement. Do you see where it said he then looked at the woods? Yes, ma'am. Okay, start reading there for me. He then looked at the woods in front of the car like he was looking for something. I told him again he had to leave. If he didn't want to, I would get a, dep a sheriff deputy to escort him off. The man then turned and gave me the same look as before and started walking back down the road. As I watched him start walking, I noticed him keep turning around and looking up in the woods by the car. Okay, and so you mentioned twice that he kept looking back in the woods, looking beyond where the car was. Yes, ma'am. One more sentence for me. As I watched him start, I noticed it. I told Brandy right. Davis. I told Brandy Davis something just wasn't right about him. He seemed suspicious. Okay. Court's indulgence, just for a moment. I tender the witness, Your Honor. Right. Redirect. No redirect, Your Honor. You may be fine. Right, sir, you may be fine. Excused. You can leave or you may remain in the courtroom. Your choice. Thank you. Let me call your next witness. Sandra Haley. Ms. Haley's been battling a respiratory issue. Would you let me know if the jurors have trouble hearing her? I hope they'll let me know if they can't hear, yes. hear her. Uh, I'm sorry if you can't. Just uh, 
try to speak into that <clears throat> microphone best you can. Would you like some water before you start? No, sir, I'm fine. I'm just nervous. All right, thank you. You may can start, Mr. Hale. Would you tell me your name, please? Sandra Haley. And Ms. Haley, are you a member of the F Pope Fire Department? Yes, I am. And along with your husband, Thomas Haley, who we'll hear from shortly, is that correct? That is correct. And tell the jury, we've heard testimony about what is an EMR? What? An EMR, is that right? Emergency Medical Assistant Service, yeah. And are you, are you an EMR? Yes, I am. And are multiple members of your agency EMRs? Yes. Do you know approximately how many EMRs were on the scene that night? Uh, no. Did you respond to a, did you respond to the call on Heron Road on December 6th of 2014? Yes, I did. And just to be clear, I believe you, were you on the prior call regarding the structure fire with Cortland earlier? Yes, boss. So where were you located when you received the tone out of the car fire? We had made it back to the fire station. In? Pope. Pope. Now, who were you with? Pope Fire Department, Station 14. Who were you riding with that night? I went POV with my husband and my grandchildren. All right. Tell, tell us what POV is. Personally owned vehicle. You went in your own car? Yes, I did. And you said you had three grandchildren with you? Yes, I did. And when you arrived on Heron Road, what did, did you instruct, give them any instructions? Stay in this truck. Do not get out. Did you know what you were headed down there for? A car fire. Did you and your husband exit your personal vehicle that night? Yes. And describe the scene of what was going on for this jury. When I first got there? Yes, ma'am. When I first got there and got out of the truck, we walked up the hill a little bit, and I stopped at the stretcher because they were transferring Jessica from the ground to the stretcher. And, and I just assumed that being on the road that the stretcher would move, like if you bumped it or whatever. So I stood there to help hold the stretcher. Now this area, is, is it a flat area of the road? No. Okay. Would you say you're on an incline? Yes. Did you help, did you assist in holding the stretcher? Yes. Tell me where you were situated in regards to the stretcher and who else do you recall being around? And Daniel was, Daniel Cole was at her head and I was on the side of her head, and my husband was on the right side of me, and Brandy Davis was on my left shoulder. When you, when you say your left shoulder, what do you mean by that? He was standing right here, kind of right here behind me. Behind you? Okay. Now, <coughs> was anybody have, trying to talk to her? Yes. Do you know Jessica Chambers? I met Jessica at the ball field when she was a little beauty girl. Did you know her as an adult or no. a teenager? No. Tell me what kind of condition that this girl was in. I was not paying attention to her condition. I was just trying to help do what I could. What could you see? What did she look like? Again, I did not pay attention to what she looked like. Okay. It was dark there, too. Yes, ma'am. What was the noise atmosphere surrounding Jessica? It was a lot of noise. You got your fire trucks. You got your pumps. You got your ambulance. You got rubberneckers around. You got firefighters around. You got other people talking. 
We, was, we, we've heard rubberneckers already. Tell me what that is. Rubberneckers is somebody who wants to see everything. You know, like this. These aren't who, what you consider firefighters? No. While you were standing there, was either you or Daniel attempting to speak to Jessica? Not at first. They was trying to put a blanket on her, and Daniel kept saying, don't cover her face, don't cover her face. And what, was, what else was Daniel trying to do? He was trying to take a picture. And did you assist him in taking the picture? I did. I, he had his hands, had some papers in his hands. I took the papers, and I had pulled the blanket back so he could get a picture. And I said, why are you taking a picture? And he said, for identification. What was Brandy Davis saying behind you? He kept saying, what's her name? What's her name? So I asked her, I said, what's your name? When you asked her, where, where were you situated in regards to her face? Okay, she was facing uh, west, and I was standing on the east, so I was kind of behind her. Did you, were you standing up, or did you have to lean down? Well, I was trying to talk to her standing up, but I couldn't hear what she was saying, so I bent over. Was she trying to talk? She was. Tell me, tell the jury, describe her voice for the jury. Well, you couldn't hardly hear her. I mean, you got so much noise going around, and you're asking her questions, and she's trying her best to answer you. And you, you just stated that you asked her name. I asked her her name. Tell me how you heard her response and how loud was it? Well, the second time I asked her, what is your name? I had to bend down real low, turn my head, and I heard her say, Jesse. So I jumped up and I looked at Brandy. I said, Brandy, Jesse, Jesse, Jessica. And somebody from the crowd over on my left hollered, Jessica Chambers. So I looked at her and I said, is your name Jessica Chambers? And she shook her head, yes. Was Brandy trying to ask any other questions? Well, he asked, I heard him asking her, um, who did this to you? Okay. Did you ask that question to her? Yes, I did. I, I kept saying, I said, who did this to you? I said, honey, I bent down. I said, honey, who did this to you? And all I heard was Eric. Okay. What, what was the tone of her voice at this point? You still couldn't hardly understand nothing she was saying, but you had to listen carefully. And you were sitting right, you had your ear right to her. Oh, yeah, honey. I'm trying to find out who, who did this to her. And where was Brandy standing at that time? He was still on my left shoulder. Behind you? Right. Were you ever present when she and Brandy had a conversation? No. Good morning, Miss Haley. Hi. <clears throat> Just have a few questions for you this morning. Okay. I believe you may have completed a report or at least a statement as to what you recall happening back on that day. Yes, ma'am. You did? Yes, ma'am. Okay. May I approach your honor, the witness? You may. Does that appear to be the statement that you wrote out? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Your Honor, I'd like to have it admitted. Any objection? No, Your Honor. No objection to be marked and admitted. 
At first, I believe you testified that uh, you couldn't hear Jessica too well. Is right. that correct? That's correct. Okay. If you would refer to your report, um, I'm trying to, I will try to guide you there as best I can. Go about uh, well over half the page, and uh, it starts with, I bent down. Okay. <clears throat> I tended the witness, Your Honor. Thank you. Redirect? No redirect, Your Honor. What instructions would you give this witness? He may be fine excused. All right, Mr. Taylor, you are fine excused. You may remain in the courtroom if you'd like. Your choice. Yes, sir. Let me call your next witness. Casey Austin. All right, Mr. Champion. What is your name? Casey Austin. Casey, talk. Casey Austin. And Casey, where are you employed? Uh, currently, I'm a EMS director for Lifeguard Animal Service. And is that the local ambulance provider for this area? It is now. And how long are you? Are you what? What? You said you're director of EMS. Are you a paramedic? I am. Yes, sir. And how long have you been a paramedic? Uh, since 2011. Is that when you got your certification? Yes, sir. Okay. And were you a paramedic on December the 6th of 2014? Yes, sir. Were you on duty as a paramedic that night? No, I was off duty, but I did work for the local service then. Okay. And who was the local service actually at that time? Uh, MedStat EMS. Okay. Uh, but you were not on duty that night, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Did you... Uh, or were you a part of the Pope Volunteer Fire Department at that time? Yes, sir. Did you or do you recall getting a tone out uh, to respond to Heron Road in Cortland? Yes, sir. And where were you when the tone out, when you heard it? I was at home. And how far was that from Cortland? Uh, I'm going to say probably five miles. And do you remember what the nature of the tone out was? Uh... I heard Cortland's initial tone was for a car fire, and then we got requested for medical assistance for a female that had been burned. And as a volunteer firefighter and a paramedic, did you respond? I did. And describe for the jury, please, what you observed. And how, let me ask you this first. How did you get there? I went in my personal truck. Okay. And describe for the jury, please, what you observed upon your arrival on the scene. <clears throat> Uh, once I got on scene, uh, of course my paramedic kicked in. I went straight to the patient. I noticed the, the car to the side, you know, but the fire department, Cortland, was handling that. So I went straight to the patient uh, and began doing my assessment. She was laying behind the fire engine, uh, had a blanket and stuff on her. So I'd, I'd started seeing what I could do to help her. Would you describe her condition when you arrived there? You said you began to do an assessment. What was your assessment? Uh, I started trying to do it quick. I wasn't there, but just a little bit before the ambulance actually got there, they pulled up behind me. Um, mainly just trying to get what her, her mental status was and airway condition, you know, just things that we look for as a paramedic. Uh, overall, just looking at her, I could tell she was just badly burnt, you know, globally across her body. Uh, 
severely. Uh, she did have a blanket on. I, I picked the blanket up to make sure to check for the burns and everything. And about uh, by, by the time I got to that point, that's when the ambulance was pulling up and I went to assisting and giving a report to the ambulance crew and we started working as a team from there. Describe her burns to the jury. Uh, noticed uh, just second, third degree burns uh, from head to toe. Uh, the only thing she had on that that looked like it wasn't burned at the time was her panties. Uh, circumferential across her chest, just all around her, down her arms and, and legs. Did you know Jessica? I did not. Did you actually attempt to talk with her? I did. I did more so once we got in the ambulance um, than when it was out on the scene. Uh, somebody else was, I can't recall who, but somebody was already talking to her on scene. I was looking more at her body and, and figuring out what to do. Uh, once we got in the ambulance away from the engine noise and everything, we, I talked to her more there. Right. Describe for me the noise situation when you got there. Just engine noise, uh, like fire engine when it when it's running, run, pumps running and stuff. It's you know you just got that loud hum of an engine. Okay. So when the other paramedics that are on duty get there, uh, I believe it's one paramedic and then one uh, EMT. EMT. Uh, what did y'all do as far as beginning care for her? Uh, we went ahead and loaded her up to get her out of the weather back into the back of the truck where we have heaters. Uh, obviously, you know, burns, patients get cold. Uh, we removed the blanket that the fire department had on her and began putting uh, sterile burn blankets on her. Uh, we, uh, like I said, in the truck, we uh, continued our assessment and treatments, attempting IV access and getting fluids to her. Uh, no success with that. Um, why were you not having success getting an IV in her? Uh, well, I, I didn't try. I was more so up toward the head. Uh, the paramedic on duty was trying. When arms is just burnt like they are, it's just hard to to localize a, a vein. Okay. And there's another method in which you can get an IV in. Is that correct? If you can't get a vein? Yes. And that's directly into the bone? Correct. What is that called? That's intraosseous. It's, uh, we call it IO for short. It's just a it's vascular access by drilling into the bone to the central canal of the bone. Okay. You may want to spell it. Can you spell that for Kathy, the intraosseous? <laughs> I hope I can spell it. Uh, osseous, I-O-S-S-O. -S -S no, excuse me. You put me on the spot now. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm terrible at spelling on the spot. O-S-S-E. O-U-S-O-U-S. -S -S. Sounds right. Sorry. What other steps were y'all taking besides trying to get a vein in her, or excuse me, an IV in her <clears throat> vein, and then also getting the sterile burn blankets on her? What, what else were y'all doing? Uh, it was mainly the, mainly the blankets. Uh, we applied oxygen to her. Uh, high flow oxygen with a non-rebreather at 15 liters. Uh, the EMT on board applied that, uh, and really by the, you know, by that time, uh, we were getting ready to transport her over to the landing zone. Okay. And you mentioned a moment ago that you tried to talk with her in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. Tell the jury about that, please. Uh, once it was kind of to my realization that this. This wasn't an accident. Uh, 
I was asking her, you know, I, I was trying to ask her her name. Uh, she was kind of repeating more that I'm cold, I'm cold is mainly the main response that I got. I asked her uh, who done this to you. Uh, the response I got was what sounded to be a Eric or a Derek sound to it. Uh, like I said, with with her mouth and sucking in the heated, heated air and stuff, she was kind of hard to understand. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Could you tell at the time that she had actually sucked, probably sucked in heated air? We did notice soot, uh, burns and stuff in her mouth, um, just like an inhalation burn. Was she talking just like you and me right now? No, it was it was a little bit harder to understand. Uh, just a little, uh, slightly garbled, and uh, you, you, it's harder to understand her. What about her? What, was she in shock yet, or going into shock? Can you describe that for the jury, please? Um, I mean, she was she was definitely uh, mentally shocked. Um, when you ask her questions, she would kind of repeat herself. She wouldn't answer the questions. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I asked her who done it, and she told me that. I asked for her last name or skin color, and she would just respond with, I'm cold. Uh, every question from then on, my, the response that she gave was, I'm cold. And so I just, we continued to care from there, and I believe that's when the deputy stepped in the truck and took over that, so I moved on to patient care. And did, were you with the other, you said y'all working as a team, is that correct? Correct. Did y'all, or were you part of the transport team down to the landing zone? Yes, I stayed in the truck with her. Okay. And do you recall how long it was before the helicopter got there? Uh, I think, I want to say they were coming into the ground at the, about the same time we were pulling up. I don't, it wasn't long at all. I couldn't tell you an exact time, but. But it didn't seem like it was very long? No. Okay. What, what is the protocol once the helicopter arrives, who, who actually takes over treatment of Jessica? Uh, usually the helicopter crew would get in the back of the truck. Uh, I then stepped out of the truck because it's limited space and uh, I let the on-duty paramedic, uh, as far as giving a report to the, to the helicopter crew, uh, they handled it from there. But once, once the helicopter crew got there, I stepped out. Uh, but is it typical that when they get there, they basically take the scene over? Uh, typically, they start care. Uh, from from one standpoint, though, the, as long as the patient's still in the back of the truck, it's still Medstat's patient. But once everything's signed over, the AirVac crew took over from there. And once you were able to take the blanket off of her in the back of the truck, were you able to get a better before y'all put the sterile berm like on, Were you be, were you better able to get assessment of the or, or how much of, of her body was burned? Correct. We were in the back of the truck. Obviously, there's more light uh, to see, and uh, so yeah. I mean, it was once we took the blankets off, started replacing with sterile blankets. It was we could tell it was pretty significant burns. It was pretty what significant. And where were the burns located? Uh, just pretty much from what we could see, from what I can recall, it was head to toe, except for the, you know, like I said, where her panties were. Tend to the witness, Your Honor. Cross.
Good afternoon. It's still morning. morning. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Austin. You, you stated that uh, you were um, a paramedic back at that time, but just not on duty, correct? Correct. And uh, basically when you got there, uh, there was another uh, paramedic or EMT from Cortland who was already uh, talking with uh, Jessica at that time. No, the, the paramedic and EMT was on the, the ambulance themselves and they pulled up just after I did. I can't recall who was actually there talking. It was uh, some other firefighters was there talking to her. I, I, don't, I just don't recall which exact ones it was. But no, there was no other paramedic or EMT prior to me. She was still on the ground? Correct. And I believe you also said that uh, you were only there just a few minutes just, in that area just briefly before the ambulance got there before the ambulance got there mm -hmm. and uh, you didn't have an opportunity to talk to her for those few minutes not really okay. now you got in the ambulance correct correct and uh, you recall that there was another person uh, who had come over also and, and got in the ambulance Daniel Cole correct you recall him being in there uh-huh okay. and he was asking her questions as well Correct. You heard him say um, who did this to you when he was talking to her? Uh, I believe he did. I, I can't recall exact questioning. Now, for this particular um, case or incident, uh, you didn't do a report, a written report? Right. I just I had uh, verbal statements given okay so my question was did you do a written one did you turn something in no okay and normally uh, you would write up something and turn it in correct uh, normally I would say yes sir. course indulgence just a moment Pam. all right redirect no you aren't he may be finally excused all right sir you're free to go you may remain in the courtroom if you'd like uh, your choice you got a short witness for me, Mr. Champion? No, we got yes, two. We got two, and we'll finish up with the firefighters. This should be fairly short. All right. I'm going to hold you to your word. Melissa Watson. I announced you as Melissa Watson. I understand as of last week you got a new name, is that correct? Yes, sir. State your name for the record. Mary Melissa Rogers. Rogers? Mm -hmm. Spell is it with a D or without a D? D. Now you were Melissa Watson on December the sixth of two thousand and fourteen, is that correct? Yes, sir. And were you with a local fire department on that particular date? Yes, sir, I was. Pope what, fire department. Pope? Did you assist Cortland earlier in the day with a house structure fire? Yes, sir, we did. Where were you located when the Pope Fire Department was toned out to Heron Road? We were already at the station. We were still finishing up our reports from going out to help Station 8 with the structure fire. So there were several people there? There was a few of us there, yes, sir. And did you, did you along with others, respond to Heron Road? Yes, sir. How did you get to Heron Road? I responded in 143 our rescue. Okay. You actually went in the truck? Yes, sir. Now, I want you to describe for the jury the scene when you arrived on Heron Road on December 6, 2014. 
When I got on scene, Cole was already holding Jessica, trying to hold her on her side. I got there and got beside Cole. Well, Cole was facing me, her back was to me and everything, and we were trying to hold her up on her side best we could. Back up, when you were first coming down the road, what did you see when you arrived up there? I could see Cortland's engine. There was a car fire up on top of the hill. And, and then there, Jessica was in the road. Were there many people around at this point? Cole was the main one around her. The other guys were up at the car fire. I went straight to Cole. Would you tell us your initial impression of, the, of her, who you're describing? She was burned very badly from her front, her back, and just her hair was singed. Was Cole trying to talk to her? He was. Could you make out anything she was saying? I really couldn't. I was more just trying to hold her and keep her still as we could. And did you ever hear her state her name? No, sir, I didn't. All right, you stated in, in your report that she said her name was Jessica Chambers. Did you hear that or did somebody tell you that? Somebody could have very well told me that. There was so much going on and so much commotion at the time. Were you with Jessica for a very long period of time? No, sir, I didn't. As soon as Casey Austin got on scene, I got up and I left to go to the truck and work on a report. And why would Casey Austin be more qualified than you to be there? He is a paramedic. So you relieved your duties to Casey? Yes, I did. Did you have any other contact with Jessica on this particular night? No. Your Honor, I'll tender the witness. Cross. Good after I'm mixed up. <laughs> Good morning, nearly afternoon. I didn't hear your last name, actually. Rogers. Rogers, okay. Ms. Rogers, I believe you gave um, a pretty short statement. Um, may I approach the witness? You may. You recognize that? Yes, ma'am, I wrote it. You did? Okay. I'd just like to have it admitted into evidence at this time, Your Honor. Any objection? No, sir, Your Honor. All right, be marked and admitted. Ms. Rogers, when you go, well, I'm sorry. indicated that uh, Cole was the main one around her when you got there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And basically the others were at the car fire. Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you would just uh, read your statement for us, please. Got on scene, helped Cole Haley hold female patient up on her side, trying to keep her body covered best we could. All she had on was her underwear and she said her name was Jessica Chambers. She was shaking. It was burned very badly. Casey Austin got beside me, helped with MedStat when they came on the scene. So from the way 
Um, this was written, you heard her say Jessica Chambers. It is possible. I tend to witness you. Redirect. Ms. Palmer just had you read this statement, and you described her condition as shaking and badly burned. Yes, sir. Have you ever seen anything like this in your time as a fireman? No, sir. Did this event change the way you approach fire calls? A little bit. I will not respond alone. And EMR calls, I'm very hesitant, especially if it is a car fire. Your Honor, that's all I have from this witness. I would ask you to be finally excused. All right, ma'am, you are fine excused. You may leave or you can have a seat in the courtroom. Your choice. Yes, sir. May I call your next witness? David Gamble. Speaking that microphone for me, Dave. What is your name? David Gamble. And David, are you a member of the Pope Volunteer Fire Department? Yes, sir, I am. And how long have you been there? I've been with the Pope Fire Department for six to seven years. Okay. And were you a member of any other volunteer fire departments before that? Yes, sir, I was. And where was that? Uh, Bynum Fire Department here in Panola County. I was there for around 11 to 12 years. How long have you been a firefighter? Roughly 18 years. Okay. On the evening of December the 6th of 2014, did you hear the tones uh, concerning a fire in Cortland? Yes, sir, I did. And tell the jury what you actually heard. They come across, dropped a tone for Station 8, which is Cortland Volunteer Fire Department, for a car fire. And, you know, all of our frequencies, we can hear each other, listen to it. They responded to the scene. When they got to the scene, they called for backup, uh, asked for Pope Fire Department to come assist with the car fire. There's been some testimony that y'all actually assisted Cortland on a, on a potential house fire earlier that evening. Did you go on that? No, sir, I did not. I'd okay. been out of pocket, so I did not make that call. Okay, so this was the first one that you answered on that particular day? Yes, sir. What made you get up and go? Just the, the I guess you'd say the panic and the firefighter's voice on the radio. I didn't know what situation. I mean, you know, it's a brotherhood with those firefighters, you know, to have each other's back. Did, well, you just said something that the panic in the voice, did, did, could you tell from who you were listening to that this wasn't a normal scene? Yes, sir. Okay. And where, where were you coming from to go to Cortland? I was coming out of just south of Pope, down around close to the Yellowbush County line, around any lake is where I lived at. How long did it take you to get there? Do you remember? Rough guesstimate? Five, ten minutes. Okay. 
What did you find upon your arrival on Heron Road? Upon arrival on Heron Road, I pulled up. Uh, our normal routine is you find scene command, who is the person that's in charge of the scene, structure fire, car fire, whatever the scene may be. I pull up to the scene. When I get there, at the back of Engine 81, Jessica Chambers is, at the time, I didn't know who it was. She was laying on the ground, covered with a blanket, some, uh, a pair of turnout coats, you know, which is one of our heavy coats that we wear when we go in structure fires. That was laid over her, and I was looking for, for Cole Haley, the chief, because that's normally who is fire ground command, to see what, what he needed us to do, whether fire, medical response, or what, what they needed us to do. Did describe for the jury, please, what it was like or what this road is like leading up to where the car fire was. It's a it's a two-lane road. It's a rural road, so there's no striping on either side. And at that particular spot where it was, you come down a hill, it kind of makes a turn to the left, and then it's back up on top of a hill. There's an entrance to the tree farm on the right, and then where her car was, was on the left and I was headed south on Heron Road to give you an you know to give you an idea of where it was direction wise. What was the um, were there a lot of vehicles already there when you arrived? Yes sir there was the uh, I pulled up right behind Medstat the ambulance service uh, I was right there behind them when they pulled up on scene uh, like I said, walked by her, started towards Cole to find out what they needed, and you could see the distress in his face of what he had, what he had seen, and uh, kind of come back, ask, you know, what you need us to do, uh, and I can't remember if it was Daniel Cole or one of the med stats. I don't remember. They said we needed to set up a what we call a LZ, which is a landing zone. Okay, let me stop you a minute, David. When you got there, Jessica was on the ground, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And did you hear people asking her who did this to you? Yes, sir. Okay, and did you hear her give a response? From what I could hear, it sounded like she said Eric. Now, the, the burns to her face and her body, it was hard to understand, you know, what exactly she was saying. Okay. But it sounded to you like Eric, is that yes, correct? Sir. Uh, what, describe for me what she looked like to you as you were standing there. Uh, could you tell that she was burned? Yes, sir. And, and, and could you tell whether or not the burns were serious or not serious? Yes, sir. You could tell they Describe were very... Describe that for the jury, please. They, they were very serious. Her, her hair was all singed out and, you know, everywhere. Uh, her face, her mouth and lips were black, charred, looked like charcoal, you know, in a grill. 
the skin inside of her nose every time she breathed you could see it come out and then go back in while she was gasping trying to trying to breathe and was her voice very loud when you when she talked it wasn't but there was a lot of without being on the fire department you you have a diesel diesel engine truck that's sitting there running and pumping water and it's it's a lot of noise around it so i mean as far as being loud like me and you were talking no it was it was not loud and you were asked i believe you testified a moment ago were you asked at some point to set up a landing zone yes sir and, and where did y'all decide to set this landing zone up they they decided that uh, they wanted the landing zone set up at the church right next to Cortland Fire Department. I think it's Cortland Baptist Church. I think uh, they got a big parking lot right there by the railroad tracks. They asked us to get a LZ, get the coordinates for GPS to the uh, to dispatch so Aravac would know where to land at. Uh, that, that's a, that's a good. You bring up a good point. I'd like for you because. Until this, I wasn't real exactly sure how it worked, and on some of the jurors may not be. When you talk about setting up an LZ or a landing zone, what exactly is involved in that? When you when you set up an LZ or, or landing zone for a helicopter coming in, you have to they, they fly all by GPS coordinates. So and and our radios, several of the radios have a GPS function. You can do it with your phone or with the radio and you can call in and tell them exactly longitudinal and latitudinal uh, coordinates of where you want them to be at and when you go there you look for obstructions that may hinder them landing power lines tree limbs stuff like that you know you need a large area because of the wind tend to the witness your honor Cross. Good morning, Mr. Gamble. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Fine. Good. When you got there to the scene, uh, basically there were just uh, paramedics and uh, firefighters from Cortland and Pope and just a lot of first responders there, correct? Yes, ma'am. And right after this happened, this would have been on a Saturday, you gave a, a short statement about what happened, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. May I approach the witness, Your Honor? You may. Do you recognize that? Yes, ma'am, I do. That's your statement? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'd like to have it admitted, marked into evidence at this time. Any objection? Motion. Be marked and admitted. That's 
If you will please, 1412, what does that mean? That is our responder number so that they know who we are as far as when we're talking on the radio to dispatch or other fire departments, instead of going by personal names, some people's names are hard to say, hard to pronounce. Everybody is given a number and that's, that's how you know who people are from different departments. Yes, and that's your number? Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you will, uh, read your, your statement out. Arrived on scene, had young girl covered with blanket on ground, and she was not on fire at the time. That is not correct. Oh, uh, no, I scratched out. With blanket on ground and fire turnouts. Uh, which they had covered her with the turnouts. Uh, at back of engine 81, CD1 was asking name, said her name was Jessica Chambers. CD1 asked who did this. She said Eric. And CD1 asked last name. She said did not know. Medstead stated, state with loading with uh, patient to be airlifted by air evac assisted med staff yes. so at the time you wrote this at least these facts you recalled for sure yes I tuned the witness Sean. redirect no this may be excused to go on vacation oh, sir, you're fine excuse you may remain in the courtroom if you wish your choice all right All right, I'm going to put the uh, jury in recess for lunch. Uh, I will try to reconvene you all about 1.15 or soon thereafter as I can get you fed, okay? Uh, uh, so uh, we're making every effort to do that promptly and quickly as possible, and uh, I think uh, the, the people that are in charge of feeding you, I think you will uh, uh, enjoy what they fix for you. So uh, anyway, I will now excuse you to your jury room for lunch. And, uh, All right, we'll be in recess.